Welcome to the Unsuccess Podcast, a podcast where we talk about vocation and ministry and all kinds of stuff. Different stuff today. Anyway, I'm David Libby. And I am Josh Hawk. Oh, that was a terrible intro, but, you know, let's just go with it. The terrible We're, ones make the best ones. Yeah, that's kind of our MO, right? We just, <laughs> we, we, we don't cut anything. <laughs> Raw and uncut. Raw and uncut. And today it is actually going to get a little bit raw. We had... An idea, we had a bunch of ideas when we first started this podcast, but one of our ideas was to do regular episodes where just you and I talk about different uh, different topics. Yeah, so today in the studio, it's just me and you. Yeah, yeah, there's no one else here. We and, don't have any special guests, David. And that, that has nothing to do with the fact that it's around the holidays and <laughs> uh, timing just didn't work out. That's definitely not why we're doing this. It's totally intentional. <laughs> But um, we we have a topic that's a little bit touchy today, but I think is important. It's extremely important, but yeah. I think it's timely and will help a lot of people. So um, uh, just to get into it. Just to jump into it. What's people, the topic? Uh, well, the topic is uh, like PTSD, depression, mental health, anxiety, all kinds of stuff, and um, to lead into it, you fell off a mountain. Yeah, um, <laughs> which I fell we talked off a about mountain. in episode. I don't know. We can fill that in if we want. Seventeen or something. I don't know. Um, but you fell off a mountain, and there's been a lot of uh, besides physical pain. There's been a lot of things going on with you since. Yeah, absolutely, and. I think that's what, uh, when you have traumatic life experience, um, it, it comes way after the fact, you know, and I, I didn't really have much depression. I feel like for the first couple months, um, it was, my accident was very sensationalized. Um, I mean, I was a TV star. I, I was on the, on all the TVs, um, in our area anyway. And yeah, you were famous for a while. Yeah, and so that that helps kind of stroke the ego a little bit, maybe, or it it it's still it's still sucked. Like, there's no rhyme or reason about it. You know, like I was confined to a hospital bed for a couple of weeks, um, which is cool for a few hours, and it really, I mean, trying to sleep in the hospital is a nightmare too. Like, um, and so it it's not it's not fun, but. I had enough visitors, you know, and enough people where I kind of kept my spirits kind of alive. Um, But it was the three to three to four month period where, man, I just like a dark cloud hit me like I'd never, never experienced before in my life. Well, and then you also have the thing of uh, when you're learning to uh, live without legs for a while on the on the tenth day and the fifteenth day, it's still tolerable. When you're at like the seventieth day of that, that's, yeah, it's a different story. It it wears on you. Yeah. Um, and oh man, I think we see that too in so many different people. I mean, we talked about just depression in in the ministry in pastors, um, but I think like depression is prevalent in 
in everybody in any um, kind of season of life. And um, but I, I think the tendencies is that when you've been at something for a long time, um, and maybe you see kind of little to no improvement, or you see unmet expectations, um, it it really messes with your head and. And we have, I, I think it goes back to the premise of this whole show, David, you know, that we, there's these pressures out from outside sources that, that who knows where, you know, I've been thinking about the American dream, this idea of, you know, of making life better for everybody. Um, we, we have these expectations that are given to us and when we fail to meet those expectations or when we fail to live up to somebody's standards, who know, you know, even our own, maybe, um, then then we can really get down on ourselves and and really uh, just kind of get into these um into these seasons that are really hard to to get out of um and and it's prevalent it's all around us and yet we don't we don't like to talk about it you know it's there's still a stigma that exists um you know around depression around suicide around anxiety um, I mean, we, we are told, we're quoted scripture, you know, the Philippians pastor said, do not be anxious about anything. You know? <laughs> right. Um, we'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> but that like, we, there's all these cute things that we're supposed to kind of say and do And And I've been pretty, I've been pretty transparent with my journey. Um, and it's been amazing different responses that I get, you know, the, there's sympathy, and then there's definitely some empathy. And we're like, oh, man, I, I know what you're going through. Uh, but the sympathy is really weird um, because when people will sympathize with me, they're, what, like, they're like, oh, I'll, I'll pray for you that you can get out of that state, you know. And, um, and it, I, oh, man, it's... I think it's perpetuating this stigma that exists that it's not okay to be depressed, that it's not okay to not be okay. Right. Um, in that we, you know, of course God has a great life for all of us. And, and when we're not living to the greatest of our potential, then something's must be wrong. Yeah. Well, and part of that stigma, I, I think part of where I will pray for you comes about it's, it's always meant well. Everyone, yeah, yeah, everyone means it well, and there's nothing about that that you or I would like say, man, screw you for thinking that. Right, like, right. That's that's wonderful, and and we're we're glad that you would pray. I I think the problem is that you know when you hear that that um, the person just doesn't know how to respond and. Uh, part of that is because, like, people with mental health problems don't talk about it, don't know how to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and so, and so, when you hear someone's been insanely depressed to the, you know, um, to the point that they they don't want to um, uh, get changed in the morning or or take a shower or eat or anything like. People don't know how to respond to that. How right. do you respond to that? Yeah. Um, okay, so backing up a little bit. For me, it was the month four. The fourth month, it really kind of hit me 
hot and heavy. Um, I I was starting to begin with my injuries is starting to begin to kind of get cleared um, to begin to bear weight on my foot to move my wrist and then what I discovered is that there were unmet expectations going back to those expectations things and I remember it was uh, there was a week a week in September I think it was the, the first full week in September of 2018 um, that I, I marked down on my calendar and will be kind of monumental for me but that was the first time, the first day, that Monday, I had physical therapy on my foot. And my therapist was saying that, oh, we're going to really hold the reins back, pull the reins back on you. You're not going to be able to really walk as quickly as you thought you would. Um, and I was like, okay. I tried to, it was a pill that I tried to swallow. And I feel like that really spiraled me down into this into a week of just really dark depression and I, I had suicidal thoughts for the first time in my life um, and and it was a solid a solid week and I would just sit down I didn't want to get dressed I didn't want to get out of bed I didn't want to do anything um, I would just sit down and stare out the window for hours um, I'd binge watch Netflix a few days um, and just had no drive to to do anything. I didn't want to talk to my wife. I didn't want to, you know, even hug my kids. Um, and that was weird for me because I am I'm usually this strong extrovert kind of. I bring a lot of energy to to the room. When you say extrovert, like that's putting it mildly. You're you're the not only the life of the party. Like you're the you're the happy guy and you're the guy who doesn't ever want there to be a room without other people in it yeah that you're in yeah um yeah and then and i i bring a lot with me too my wife told me recently she goes you you are you are a lot um, <laughs> <laughs> you are a lot <laughs> um and and so when that when that was gone it felt it felt weird and the people around me noticed too and so i i had i had a lot of lifelines like it um i am so blessed to have a great network um a great congregation here at St. John's Wesleyan Church that kind of supports me and in, in all of that and then really good good friends you know David I, I spent a lot of time talking to you um, as well as other pastors and ministry leaders in the area um, I have a few different spiritual directors that I was able to talk to and then um, I had a, a counselor who or a therapist who was uh, um, kind of referred to me by my primary care physician back in oh, the spring of this year and I like, man, I need to follow up with her. Um, and so after my, my wife was the one who really challenged me finally at the end of that week. And she goes, something's got to give like you are not, this is not you. Um, and so she kind of pushed and prodded and I think kind of pulled me up, um, to a point at least where I could reach out to get help because in, in the, in the midst of it, I didn't, I didn't even have the energy to to reach out for help, you know. Like once you're once you're down there, like God, I I don't want to do anything, um, right? And and so I I did, and I man, the next couple of weeks, I just I talked to 
dozens of different people had serious conversations, you know, and just real open and transparent um, about my thoughts of suicide, about my depression, about, you know, just not wanting to to carry on anymore. Um, and it was amazing how even just, just talking about that, how that really, really helped. And I had a nurse um, who was... Oh, she was with my nurse the first couple of days in the hospital for three consecutive days. And she told me when I was in the hospital, she said about month three to four, because it's going to get really difficult. Um, and it's going to be hard. And she was speaking from experience where she had some traumatic life experiences happen to her. And, <coughs> And so it worked out. Fortunately, um, her and my wife had exchanged contact information. And so I was able to connect with her and to follow up with her and say, yeah, you're, you're right. Um, now what, (laughs) how do I, how do I fix this and how do I get out of this? Um, but during that time, David, there was, there was some other things that were happening around just kind of around our community, around our, our area. Um, Oh, it seemed it was kind of a, a wake up call because it was right around that time. There's a pastor, a young pastor down in California, um, who committed suicide, and he he left his wife and three young children um, behind, and and it just it hit really close to home because I'm like, man, I have a wife and three young children, um, and we should talk about this um right. it was something where he'd been burned out and he went on sabbatical and and it was shortly after he'd come back from sabbatical um that that this happened um, right and and so churches would assume and people would assume i mean general assumption would be sabbatical is what you need when you burn out and right. so when you come back you should be better right right and and oh man that's i he goes to this understanding of like of being better, David, you know, like what is, what's better. Yeah. And, um, and I, when we, when we lump everything with, with mental health, me- like we, we have this assumption that, oh, there's a problem. It needs to be fixed, but there's a, there's a spectrum, you know, it's not, it's not like here you you have you're depressed here's a pill or go outside or just talk to somebody and it'll get better um it's not that simple it's much more kind of complicated um or complex maybe um there's a lot of deep-seated stuff that kind of i'm discovering and learning and, and i i truly now i can say you know like uh, the depression, the season of depression, and I still, I still have it. Let's be real, you know. Like there are days. This morning, I, I had a hard time getting out of bed, you know, and and getting motivated is still a struggle at times for me. Um, but it has, it has allowed me to empathize, you know, more more with with people who experience that on on a regular basis, um, and so it's. Yeah, it's been a tremendous gift, I can honestly say. So also around that time, around September, October area, um, there was somebody who committed suicide off of the St. John's Bridge who jumped off the bridge. And and I, I remember, I think I was 
a week or so after that, I was doing some reading and reflecting in Cathedral Park, right under the bridge there where it happened. And I think I, I went to the Facebook page as I was there and I was reading reading some of the comments and the, the st john's facebook page, st john yes uh, by the way is it is usually nightmarish and the comments are yeah they're all, they're all I over mean, the place just, and unfiltered yeah i i unfollowed that extremely quickly um <laughs> but it, it was fascinating to me people's responses and you know they of course everybody's i mean nobody says you know that stupid idiot why do they jump off the bridge they're they're full of compassion and remorse and then they I think everybody means well. I'll give them all the benefit of the doubt. Um, but the, the the suicide hotline was mentioned number of time on there. You know, like, oh, you know, here, suicide prevention. You know, if you have a friend who's depressed or something, make sure they call the suicide hotline. And, and there was somebody on there who said, have you ever called the suicide hotline? And he said, I did. And it, it wasn't that helpful. It, for, for him, his experience, it was very kind of cold and and so out of that then that sparked something where then a number of people on the page i mean there's thousands and thousands of people on on this this group um they they started everybody started chiming in and saying yeah i've i've been depressed i've thought about suicide you know some of them even said you know i i tried it once or twice you know and um but people just began to share and to empathize and to say there is no there is no, um, there's no alternative to true relationships and, and true connections. And I think that's one of the themes of, of this show, David, that comes up over and over again is that, that relational aspect of things. Um, and, and so as, as people began to talk, it was just, it was cool to see the stigma that some people had of suicide being like, oh, that is so bad and horrible. And, and it is, it's, it's traumatic, you know, but, um, but maintaining that stigma is not, it's not helping matters at all. Right. Um, and it, it's okay. It's okay not to be okay. That was something that my, that the nurse that I had, something that she told me that I've hung on to, like, it's okay not to be okay. And right. That's a great, <laughs> great motto just for life. Honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, as far as relationship goes, I've got so much to, uh, jump in on. Maybe this won't be a short episode. We'll see. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, I was told that the best thing you can do if you know that you have the, um, potential of, of suicidal thoughts is open up to five close people Mm. in your life, five people you trust, tell like uh tell them that you like if if you need to you will call them you've got five people in your life that you can call if um if you're feeling bad it's it's like the suicide hotline except mm-hmm. it's people that you have a relationship with yeah it's hard to do because you then have to open up to five people and tell them hey there mm. are times that I wish I mm. wasn't alive. Like that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Um. T- it turns out after you did it once, it was easier for you. But uh, at least for me, wasn't easy. Um. I would guess for most people, you, we, no. Yeah. Not super easy. I've talked to pastors who, who, uh, 
I'm, David, there are so many pastors who experience this who will never say something. But I've, I, because of my like willingness to blab it to the world, um, like I've, I've had conversations with pastors where they said, I've had those thoughts, and the only person who knows even today is my my spouse and my my therapist. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, oh wow, and they didn't even kind of bring it out like the therapist actually pulled it out and said hey have, have you thought about committing right. suicide like i just i started out my therapist count or my counseling session i'm like yeah so how was your week uh, i thought about killing myself <laughs> <laughs> like okay your like, therapist probably appreciated that like actually yeah, let's, let's back, start <laughs> with complete honesty yeah it go, <laughs> I, I was thinking the episode we did with pastor robin gordon you know where he said where we all agreed you know like as a pastor there's nothing you can say that will surprise us right yeah and that that was my experience with her too you know like yeah. Just, just give it to me. Like, just shoot straight. You know, um, enough beating around the bush. Yeah, and so there's, there's that. Um, we we're scared. We're we're fearful. I think that stigma exists. Um, and what my experience has been, the more people that I I tell, like it's all it's all grace filled. You know, like people are actually pretty graceful with that. You know. Um, and and again, because I think we all mean well, and so when we're able to put our guard down, um, but that that's that's hard. Um, yeah, it is. Um, the so before I you know start blabbing, I won't add all too much. But um, you were a pastor through this whole time. Yeah, yeah. You still are a pastor. Uh, you you were having to be the spiritual guide for you know 50 to 100 people you're looked to as the one who um has his his life together pretty well like enough that you're able to um you're able to pour into other people and traditionally people like to see their pastors as being pretty well together yeah what was your experience like <laughs> as a pastor who occasionally is like i don't want to be alive anymore um yeah i like i we have such an awesome congregation where i think through all this they've like i've had numerous people in the congregation go yeah that's me too and um and that oh, it was a couple of weeks ago. I asked, you know, what makes St. John's Wesleyan your home? Why why do you like this? And people were saying it's because I can be real. And one of our core values is is like messiness, is the real and authentic journey, and how life is messy so many times. And and so there's, uh, I'm I'm struggling with the balance um, of like I don't want to display my dirty laundry, so to speak, you know, but there is a vulnerability that, um, and I think part of this is my, probably my personality and, and some of my character, um, you know, that, that just, that puts it out there. It says, man, I'm, I'm not any better than any of you. And what that's done, interestingly enough, is like more people have shared about, about their own struggles and it has given people the freedom to say man i don't i don't have to be perfect either um 
we've I've I've shared this with, with a number of people, but um, I've had I've had conversations with individuals growing up. We our family was kind of we were known as kind of the perfect family, and we we weren't. I can attest to that being in it. Um, <laughs> I mean, we, but it, we, we were great. Uh, I mean, I don't have any complaints there. Um, but it was almost like we, the Hawk family was up on this pedestal and, and few people could actually a- attain that, you know, and my parents are amazing and they're, they're pretty real once you get to know them. Um, but they come, there's, a, I think a generation before us, like you, appearances mean a lot. Um, and yeah, and uh, and so there's, I think there's a fair amount of stuffing and hiding, not not intentionally necessarily, and and this is like my parents are they're amazing still, um, but it's just what they kind of were conditioned to do and how they were conditioned to operate, yeah. um, and so I had I had people that said, oh, I could never be the dad that your dad was, and. So that that becomes depressive then, and it's like, oh, I could never live up to that, and um, and I am like, well, here I am, all all messiness, you know, and like, oh, great, you, <laughs> I am the bridge now between, you know, my dad and and everybody else. We're like, oh yeah, we could be like Josh, sure, <laughs> but Pastor Phil, I uh, I don't know, we you gotta know, be Phil, but Josh is right. just an absolute mess. <laughs> so I I can relate to him, yeah. and I. I I think we need both of those, both of those people. Like we, we have to have those people who, who actually have their life all together. And there are people, you know, I've met, you know, they, they, they have problems for sure, but, um, but they've got a lot of stuff figured out and, and we need people like that in our lives, you know, to, to look up to and to inspire us. Um, but then we also need people that, can kind of journey alongside of us, you know, and, and, uh, and so that's, that's been my experience. You know, the congregation has been extremely grace filled and, um, and we've been able to, I think, journey together. Um, and it's brought a lot of stuff, you know, out for, for others as well. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about, uh, the generation before ours. I, um, I guess just to fill everyone in on a little bit of my story, I uh, so throughout 2017, I found myself uh, like having full body shutdowns for no reason mm. at all, and and it was starting to like affect my life. We're not talking like I you know stopped moving for a bit, like up to an hour and a half of I can't move any part of my body. Mm repeatedly i mean it just kept happening and uh and i was i was like what is happening i i thought that it might possibly be mental health related just because um i i kind of had an inkling that i maybe had some sort of depression or something but then i also thought i hope it's not so I went to get a physical and he said, yeah, nothing's wrong with you. It's pro- you should probably find a counselor. Mm. And so, so I did. And uh, it turned out I had anxiety. And, um, and so like early on, like shortly afterwards, in fact, I think I mentioned it once in a podcast episode, like really quickly I told a couple of people 
Mm-hmm. I thought let's if if I'm get, if this is going to be a part of my life, people should know. Yeah. And so I told some people, um, some friends from a while ago, uh, so and uh, Christian friends, well-meaning enough. I stopped telling people after um, I heard a couple of folks say, I think you have something demonic in you. Yeah. And well, I mean, the the whole conversation of mental illness or demon is... Yeah, um, yeah. I mean... I've been abused. I, it's, it's abused. It's, it's a mess. Like, I won't even get into it. But I, it, it frustrated me. It made me angry. But eventually, like, um, so I stopped talking about it for a couple of months. I was, I was just frustrated and angry. But I, I gave a a sermon in like May that sort of touched on my, um, my anxiety and how it was affecting my life and, um, and some of the things i'd been learning from it it was it was pretty raw pretty personal and um i had i mean similar to you ridiculous amount of private messages came my way because mm. i put it online and i was getting private messages from from people saying uh thank you or oh my gosh me too like this is mm-hmm. uh it's it's crippling and insane and i've lived with it forever or um or what have you i got a message or i got messages from pastors as well and they were saying i've never known how to talk about this huh. i've had it but i don't like i've i've have depression or I have anxiety and I don't know how to talk about it. And I was thinking, and they asked me like, how do you talk about it? I said, I don't know. I just did. Yeah. Like, right. Right. How do you, what's, what's the answer to that? You, you just, you, you open your mouth and words come out. Yeah. Like, I, I couldn't figure it out. But then I talked to a couple of pastors who'd been in the game for life. Like they're retired, older pastors and both of them said the same thing which is uh basically be careful because talking of like pastors talking about mental health can be career suicide and i thought which is an awkward uh you know phrasing to use now but that that's what they said to me they said career suicide if you are a pastor you really should (coughs) be wary about talking about mental health and i i thought about it for a bit i thought maybe i should stop and then i thought if my church doesn't want me <coughs> because of my anxiety then i don't really want to be there yeah you know right. that, that's that's kind of where i landed and um and i've talked with some other pastors since and i brought that up and they said oh that's such an old school way of thinking like apparently the generation before ours and before that were wary about talking about mental health as, as pastors yeah. because you needed to have your life together as a pastor. You, you at least, you couldn't talk about living with depression as a pastor. And that doesn't mean that pastors didn't have it. They just couldn't talk about it. They had to like shut it out and bottle it up 
And yeah. um, and so I think that's probably where that's coming from. That probably plenty yeah. of pastors had depression and they just had to learn to stuff it. No, that's I I wonder because it it feels like depression and you know suicide is uh, it's more prevalent now than years ago. It's hard to tell because right. I, I mean I wasn't alive a hundred years ago, um, and we have history books, and but uh, it's hard to compare, you know. And, and a lot of that, especially you know, in the last century, you know, it was hush hush. So. How do you how do you identify you know those kind of things other than the fact that it, it's something real that I have to believe has existed you know f- for all time right well um, if you I've been in the book of uh, in the story in Mark chapter five for the past month with my church about um, the the demon possessed man who keeps getting chained up hmm. in the in the graveyard and you you hear about him shrieking when people go and talk to him and he runs and falls on the ground and shrieks at Jesus when yeah. he sees him and he keeps cutting himself with sharp rocks and you look at that and you're like, that's that's mental illness. I mean, yeah. like whether whether or not there were, um, you know, demons possessing him, I think they're like, I don't know. I, I, I yeah. don't know, but, but very clearly, um, I mean, you're looking at, you're looking at a dude with a pretty aggressive mental illness. Yeah, and, and oh man, like the spiritual warfare, I don't ever want to belittle that because I think right, I think right. that is that's real and that's important, but I also don't want to be ignorant of that. And that's I uh I feel like the church has been good about like being ignorant of things and over spiritualizing them, you know, like I think there there are you know, lawsuits out there from families who will not give their kids, um, you know, immunizations or proper medical treatment because they're like, oh, we're just praying for our kids. Like, can you do both? Like, (laughs) can we we pray? Can I, David, can I pray and cast the demons out of you? But then can you also go see a counselor too? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yes. Yes. And, and that's the, that's the thing. I, when I see, I mean, not to call him out, but Desiring God put out a, I just did, uh, a, a tweet that kind of referenced like, um, maybe, maybe don't, um, maybe their uh, mental health is getting to be a bigger problem because people aren't praying more. And I'm like, that, yeah, prayer is good. Yeah, yeah. But um, to just say, hey, like, you aren't you aren't spiritual enough if you right. have depression. That just makes the person with depression worse. Um, yeah, yeah, because it it doesn't go away for a lot of people ever. And I just like I um I just saw a tweet from uh, Drew Dick who used to work for um who did he work for Christianity Today? I think he was with Christianity Today, and he said. Um, uh, I was reminded of my weeks weakness today when I had a panic attack for the first time in 15 years. Like these, just because you've made progress in your life yeah. doesn't mean it's gone. Yeah. Would I ever say that he's not praying enough? No. Right. No. Should he pray more? Well, we always should probably yeah, pray right, more. Right. Um, but I can, I can point some, uh, point to some depressed people who are the most spiritual oh, people yeah. I know. 
Yeah. And that that's like spirituality, following God, it's it's not a black and white cut and dry thing. You like do this and you get that. You know, like it doesn't it doesn't work that way. It's not formulaic, you know? It it's it's a relationship which is dynamic. Um and there's it's a journey there that yeah, that has ups and downs and so. yeah. yeah. Um Oh, what was I going to say? It was, I don't know where I was going to go. <laughs> so, uh, um, what, do we, what, I don't, what do we do? Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the thing. So, um, you mentioned that there's, like, it hasn't ended. I still, yeah. I still have these thoughts. I'm still depressed. I, myself, am in a better place than I've been I'm actually like writing a book of all about all this that may or may not ever see the light of day. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll see. Uh, tweet to me at DavidLibby13 if you want to see it, and I'll <laughs> shop it around. But anyway, uh, the um, I heard a therapist say recently that it's about progress, not perfection, and I I mean I think that's that's pretty spot on um there are days in which i'll go to my therapist's office and i'll be uh talking with her about how i'm doing and and as i'm talking i'm like i am i am considerably better than i was in july Mm. and then i'll go to her a week later and i'll have had um thoughts of self-harm and suicide um and have had panic attacks for the last three days and i'm like i'm worse i'm not even like Mm. the same i'm worse than i was before the it doesn't always go away it's a like what seems like an uphill um climb is actually up and down spikes yeah kind of gradually going uphill and um i think like what to do about like fixing your depression um go to a therapist or a psychologist go to a psychiatrist and get some medication if you need like that's that's fine that's good if you're if you're drowning like get your head out of the water like that's that's fine um as as pastors and and this is kind of why i wanted to talk about this you talk um, on success when you're in uh, when you're in a church and you feel like um, man I'm just the biggest mess of anyone here like <laughs> yeah. I, uh, what do you do I found this year that some of the best ministry I've been able to do has been um, just to help people who've suffered under the weight of their own um, depression, anxiety, uh, bipolar disorder, that they're not alone and that some of the people who really seem to have all of their crap together are in the in the same boat yeah it's like 
normally the metaphor I've been using is normally by the time someone like writes a book or goes on TV and talks about their issues, they've been thrown a life preserver and it's been pulled back and they've climbed the ladder and gotten into the boat. Um, and so they're talking from the boat. Hmm. Right now, I'm talking from a life preserver, yeah. and I'm throwing another life preserver from my life preserver to someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I don't know if that's all that healthy, and possibly someone will listen to this and be like, man, this is, this is a yeah. terrible idea. You need to not be at your church, and maybe that's true. I don't know. I'm winging it here. I've never lived with this, and with the way that the generation before ours, like, uh, thought about pastors and mental health there's not a lot of good resources out there right we're Um, we're winging it here so david this kind of oh man something that have that i've had conversations with people when i open up about this sometimes what what will get back to me is like oh you need to you need to see a counselor on a regular basis like you need to go on a weekly basis and 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 talk to somebody and and i i think like good on kind of good on the church i think the stigma of that is is getting it's less yeah. yeah you know and so like pastors pastors should go to counseling you know and you know pastors should go to marriage counseling like that's happening all the time and often and um but but the thing that i've struggled with is like that's not the answer and and i i want to i want to talk to you about it just as much as i want to talk to you know my therapist or somebody who i don't really know you know on an intimate level or like i want to have real conversations with my wife about this you know or people who really know me who who are not sitting in the boat you know but like who are out there trying to stay afloat you know together um and so that i think what the thing that the our our approaches and you've had a you've had a longer journey on this than i have um but i i don't see a counselor on a regular basis i've i have one that i've seen you know a number of times since my accident but it's not on a kind of a weekly or regular basis and part of that i think is my uh, my personality i like i am bad at routine um and bad at discipline which is probably a huge weakness of mine um but i've i've tried i've I've journeyed through that i've asked my counselor I'm like so should i see somebody on a regular basis it, it's hard to get a straight answer because because i am i i'm talking with so many people about it and i i don't feel like i am in you know uh, a place right now that is is of desperation you know i i do feel i have i've, I've made progress um you know, but but I, uh, I I want to be okay with talking about this, not just in a a counseling room, but like I I want to talk about it with anybody and everybody, and yeah. um and because it's real, and I want to be I want to be authentic in, in all of my relationships. I don't want to like you know hold stuff back and and. You know, I when I when I preach every week, like I don't want to be hypocritical. Like I and this, it gets so frustrating. You know, like the sermons when I'm preaching on you know healthy relationships, somehow Friday night I have a blow up with my wife. You know, <laughs> like dang it, like, right, I, right. And now I've got to like be honest and tell the congregation, yeah, my wife and I went at it last night. You know, or 
um, or make amends, you know, and that, that happens more often than not, you know, like I wake up Sunday morning and just like, honey, I'm, I'm sorry. And I, I love you, you know, and I was an idiot last night, you know, and, um, you know, really swallow the, the humble pill. Um, but really being, being real with that. I, I was frank with, with my board, um, I, the church board, I, that week after my depression or that, um, oh yeah, that, that dark place that I was at, um, I straight up told them, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm struggling. And we had a rough board meeting. Um, after that, you know, it was just, it, it was like the, all energy was just sucked out of the room and nobody knew quite what to do or we how to handle it. Josh. Yeah. Buzzkill. Like, downer. <laughs> um, but it, it is, it's, it's a journey and it's, it's taking steps forward where it feels like we're going downhill sometimes and up there's mountains and valleys, you know, um, along the journey and, and it's okay. It's figuring that out. You know, sometimes we do, sometimes we do need to see a counselor, you know, and there's sometimes, you know, there's probably some stuff that, you know, I shouldn't necessarily share with you. You know, um, there are lines that are crossed, you know, that we, in all of our relationships, we should, we should have boundaries, you know? Um, mm -hmm. but I, I want to get to a point, even, even with those boundaries, there's a place where we can still have, like be real and authentic with one another. Um, and not just save it all for our, you know, our, our weekly counseling session. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, counseling doesn't work for everyone. We have a couple of people, uh, affiliated with our church who have told me they've gone to counseling and, they're like, yeah, it's nice to talk, but it yeah, doesn't really it doesn't really help me. Pill, but for them, know? for them, like medication was what was keeping them going. Like if <laughs> uh, it it will vary by every person. There's and not a one size fits all. There's there's not. Um, but you kind of you kind of need to find what works for you in in this stuff. Uh, the the bottom line that I keep coming to is the fact that people are in in prisons. They've they've yeah. like been in, like they've they've had to hide, yeah. hide this stuff away for so long. Yeah. And um, I guess to all leaders, I would say, and and to all Christ followers, I would say, like um, our honesty helps people. If like if the only way to break a stigma is if we keep talking. Yeah. Like yeah. That's, yeah. That's the only thing that can fix things is if people know that they're not a mess because of this one in five people have a uh, generalized anxiety disorder. That's one in five. That's, like that's like a lot. if you, if you have a church of, uh, Oh man, I'm gonna have to do math. If you have a church of a hundred people, that means twenty of them have yeah. generalized anxiety disorder. If you have a church of fifty, that means ten out of fifty. Like you just go down the the rows, and there's one in each row. Like this is not uncommon, and yet it's um it's like swept under the rug, or it's it's yep. kept in the dark for so long, and people like they feel alone. And it affects their spiritual life. Yeah. It makes them see those passages like, do not worry about tomorrow or do not be anxious about anything. And they think, well, then why the heck am I uh, always like 
I'm worried about nothing always and I can't shut it off. No, you, yeah. you can't. And you're not weird because of that. Um, I don't I don't believe that Jesus or Paul were talking about like full-blown mental illness. Um, at least Paul, I don't think, knew about mental illness. <laughs> but, um, you know, like general normal anxiety is different from anxiety disorder being sad is different from depression these are not the same thing yeah yeah and um as you and i have learned this year uh suicidal thoughts are not selfish in a lot of situations Mm. like it's not like you're only thinking of yourself and forget the rest of the world. It's like, it's like an overpowering sensation that yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you can't, you can't think of anything else. And so, and I think people are realizing that with the passing of, uh, Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain and Robin Williams and that pastor yeah. you talked about earlier. So like these things are getting less stigmatized, but I mean, if we, if we talk more, I think good can be done. Yeah. Um, David, I think... Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I am. I think this is the the beauty of the gospel. And and when I... We're, we're coming up on, on Christmas, which is one of my favorite times of the year. But what Christmas means to me is the incarnation of, of Christ. It is that God left all of heaven and came to this crummy earth not to not to be a ruler in it but was quite the opposite you know was um you know a, a vagabond in, in many ways um was despised and rejected and he he came and and he he got out of the boat like he was <laughs> he was in a life preserver and walking amongst us and i think that is that is the God that we serve, a, a God that, that doesn't uh, doesn't come across as having it all together. Um, I mean, he's God. Of course, he has it all together. But um, but he, he comes across in a very gentle, compassionate way, one that is not pulling us to safety, but one that is in our midst and and that's the like for christmas that is that is the message that i hold so tightly um and and it it's a challenge for us to to journey with others to to journey with others in in the mess um in the unknowns not having to have everything figured out um and and so that's uh, th- there's great comfort I think in that or there there can be um, in the kingdom of God there's a peace that is not uh, void of anxiety it's not void of mental health you know um, issues but it's a peace in in spite of that and kind of a- around that and you know in times of depression. You know, when we hold on to something kind of outside of ourselves, um, uh, you know, there there is a a hope that that exists um, that it's it's still okay not to be okay. It it's still okay to be depressed, you know, and it's not like there's a peace that is waiting for us. But no, there's 
there's a peace that you can experience in the midst of your depression. Um, and that like, that's what I'm holding on to. Um, that's what I'm kind of per- pursuing after. Um, and, you know, learning to live the kingdom of God, learning to live God's plan for, for humanity now and realizing that that's not void of all the problems, but you know, there's, it's a, it's another level. It's another dimension that we're, you know, we're invited to, to live into. Um, and and then it's, it's finding that. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Good word. I, I, I appreciate that you kept my, uh, lifesaver metaphor going. I like lifesavers too. Yeah, it's true. Like the it's all true. red ones are the best. Really? <laughs> oh, no. I, I like, I don't I like, like the, the orange ones. ones. I always like any time I get any kind of fruit candy, I like the orange ones. The orange. I don't, and it used to be the strawberry ones, but <coughs> man, orange is a flavor. It's grown on me. I tried to get some orange tea, like steal it from your office here, but the, <laughs> but my hot, water's not the hot water wasn't working. So It's not my office, David. It's the studio, remember? It's the stu- I mean, the studio, yeah, of course. Right. It's never been an office. It's not really an office. You don't work in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's be honest. You're like, do I really work? <laughs> uh, no, not really. Never um, work, but always working. Never work. Jesus, Jesus walked among the life preservers. I like that. I'm going to make that a bumper sticker. <laughs> it's it's going to be... It's going to be one of those bumper stickers that I make it and then I won't remember what it means like by the time it comes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is a, a good conversation. I didn't know how this would go. Yeah. And it's still Great. going. Like, it's we, still de- going. we yeah. definitely don't have it figured out. Yeah. I was actually just talking with my spiritual director today because I'm, I'm finishing up this book and I was, I was like explaining the uh, conclusions I was coming to, but I'm like, the, like the problem with the period when you're done like yeah. writing you have to end it and it closes that thought whether you're writing a paper or a or yeah. a book or whatever like you're ending your thought at some point but mm. you know it's not done and i know that come like next july i'm probably going to be as crummy as i was this yeah. past july and like do you do you really um, talk about like, oh, I was in this place and now I'm better and things right. are good? Yeah. Here's uh. here's the truth. We've both been in really sucky places this past year, and we both are regularly in very sucky places now. Like it it didn't. Uh, things may be going slow uh, or progressing, but they're progressing slow. Like, and and sometimes you backslide. It's weird. So yeah, we could probably talk. Uh, so you got to end your book with year. three dots, not with one dot. <laughs> That's actually a good idea. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Again, I don't know if this book's going to see the light of day. It gets pretty dark in there, man. Um, anyway, for so maybe th- if it's really dark, it does need to see the light of day. Well, <laughs> <laughs> solid, solid. Well, for the Unsuccess Podcast, I'm David, and I am Josh, and we will see you next time. Dun, dun, dun. Do 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 do